Have you ever asked yourself, how in the world do I learn to hear God's voice? What does that even mean? Well, you are in the right place because today's episode is part two in a series on how to hear God's voice. This is an area of Christian living that is really essential to your growth in the Lord, and I want to help you. My husband and I have been in ministry for over 20 years, training people in this very area, and I have some really great stories for you. If you haven't listened to episode one yet, though, I'd encourage you to go back and do that first, because I lay some really foundational principles there that you'll want to build upon. In today's episode, we'll hit on some various ways or maybe avenues in which you might learn to hear God's voice, as well as some practical exercises that you can do to train yourself in recognizing when he is speaking to you. Don't forget, share this episode with anyone that you feel might also benefit from it. I'm excited to dive in with you, so let's jump in. Hi, you're listening to Java with Jen with your host, Jenilee Samuel. All right, guys, I'm so excited to be back for part two. I want to say for those of you who have been following from part one, I apologize that it took me so long to get back to this one. I had two weeks of vacation in the middle there and then just life. So thank you for your patience. But I wanted to recap on part one real fast so that we remember and have fresh the foundation we built upon. Um, In part one, in learning to hear God's voice, we learned that you must believe that God is going to speak to you. Fundamentally, he's going to speak to you. We see this all throughout the word, but he speaks this to us directly. There are promises all over scripture that he will lead us and guide us. That We see in Romans 8.14 that those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. So if we have a destiny to be sons of God, we have to know it is possible to be led by his spirit, which requires hearing his voice. Jeremiah 33.3 also says, You will come to me and pray to me, and I will hear you, and I will show you great and unsearchable things you do not know. He promises to show you things you did not previously know about. John 10 talks about that we are his sheep and that his sheep know his voice, that we learn to follow his voice and we will not follow the voice of another. So Jesus also said, we'll do greater things than he ever did. And Jesus himself said that he did nothing and said nothing unless the father instructed him. So we see the example in Christ that the standard is to be totally led by his spirit. And he said, we do even greater things than him. So we know it's possible for us to live in the same way. We also learned that there's a learning curve to learning to hear God's voice. What you're doing is you're as a natural man learning how to tune into a spiritual realm. And there's a learning curve with that because our emotions get all involved and circumstances and just learning and there's a process. So you must be patient with yourself. Um, That we did learn some markers that you can test and weigh what you feel God may be speaking to you against is that when God speaks, it will always support the full counsel of God's word. It will always produce the fruit of the spirit. It's not going to bring strife and chaos into your life. It's not going to bring resentment or bitterness. In fact, God always leads us towards forgiveness and peace. So it will bring the fruits of the spirit. It will always point people to Jesus. We were we are here to build his kingdom, not ours. So if God is asking you to do something, ultimately it is meant to glorify the Father. And it will never instigate rebellion or divisiveness, especially against authority. There's a difference between um, uh, obeying authority 
and honoring authority. So there will be times that say you're under wicked leadership or whatever, which is not super common, but it does happen. And God will not instigate a heart of rebellion and divisiveness. He will sometimes lead us in wisdom on how to leave a situation or get out of a situation where leadership is not healthy, but he will never instigate divisiveness, rebellion, and um, slander, and just kind of those evil things. So when God is speaking, it will always produce good fruit because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he's not going to tell you today to do something that is out of alignment with his character. So that's the foundation we laid in the last episode. It was a very quick synopsis. If any of those interest you, go back and listen to part one again because I included a whole lot. But here in part two, I wanted to dive into how you might hear God's voice coming to you. Um, The beautiful thing about God speaking to us or even just think about your normal relationships, you speaking to your children or speaking to a friend or whatever, there's so many different ways we can communicate with people. I mean, I can have a friend and I can message them on Facebook. I can leave a comment on their Instagram post. I can email them. I can call them on the phone. I can send them a text message. I can look at them across the room and make a face. I can shout. I can whisper. I can leave notes. I can, I mean, there's so many ways that we can communicate with each other. And God is no different. He loves to communicate with us because it's all opportunity for connection. And God is all about connection. So here are some really practical ways that you may see or experience God's voice coming to you. And the first most foundational one, number one, is through scripture. God speaks to us through scripture. Okay, the Bible says that the more sure word of prophecy or hearing God's voice is the word of God. So that is the most sure word. If you're ever unsure that you're hearing God's voice, go to the word of God. (laughs) If you want to learn to hear God's voice, go to the word of God because that is his voice written down. So if you, it's just like if you had a friend um, that is long distance and you are wanting to know the kinds of things they would say and they wrote a journal and they left a journal with you and you you can't communicate with them a whole lot but you can read this journal the journal is going to give you their voice it's going to create in you an understanding of the kinds of things they would say so then later if you do encounter them in person and they say something that seems very inconsistent with what you've read it'll cause you question Scripture is meant to create a foundation for us of understanding God's voice. But the beautiful thing is scripture is alive. Scripture is not just a book. Um, In Hebrews, it says that uh, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. And that word living and active in the original text actually means like asexual, like it of itself can produce life. And so the word of God is living. Like, have you ever... Oh my goodness. I I remember one time I um, was listening to a message in high school about tithing. I think my pastor was teaching on tithing and I got completely convicted about my relationship with my boyfriend. Had nothing to do with tithing, but sure enough, the word of God cloaked about another topic still penetrated my heart and dealt with this other area. And I've experienced that a lot where the word of God will come in and it's a double-edged sword. It'll pierce and it'll divide through issues in your heart. And so even if you're not sure where to read in the word of God, but you want to hear God's voice, just start reading somewhere. The voice of God is in it and he can use various scriptures to speak to you. And so if you're unsure, just open the word. 
2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, instruction of, in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. If you are not regularly getting the word of God in your heart, in your mind, in your thinking, this is your first stop. You need to get the word of God in you. It doesn't have to be ours. It just needs to be going in. So let's say when my kids were little, what I would do is at breakfast, we'd sit around the table and we would memorize scripture. And I'd say a phrase and they'd say it back and we'd keep repeating it. And then we'd eventually add on to it. When my son was two years old, By the time he turned three, he had memorized the entire chapter of Psalms 91. And what this did, though, is even even going over those scriptures with them, even though we had said it a hundred thousand times, it was still fresh to me. Every time we'd meditate on that scripture, it'd bring more life. So get scripture inside of you. Have a little note card you write something on that you're meditating on all day long. Read the Proverbs of the day. Proverbs, the book of Proverbs has 31 chapters, one for every day of the month. So pick the chapter, read it. If a scripture jumps out at you, hold on to it, write it down and keep it in front of you all day long. This is effective ways to get the word of God inside of you. And that is what will come up in your heart when you're praying, when you're asking God to speak to you, he will bring the word alive in your heart. Sometimes um, I will, if it's a new, uh, kind of a new revelation the Lord's giving me and I'm unsure if it's scriptural or not, I will ask the Lord to show me at least three different places in scripture where that principle is found. And I don't latch on to something as thus saith the Lord, unless I can see it clearly in scripture, Old and New Testament. Like I try to find it in the word because I'm not about to create some creepy doctrines. <laughs> I'm going to make sure it is consistent with the word of God. Um, when it comes to him speaking and you're not sure if it's in scripture, run it by leadership. If you, if you should be at a church, I hope you're in a church. If you're not and you just be looking for one, uh, being in a church is, is huge for your spiritual health and spiritual protection. So if you are in a church, run it by your leadership or run it by a spiritual mentor and ask them if this sounds like the voice of God, if it sounds consistent with the word of God. Um, there was one, one just for a fun story. I like to infuse stories in here so you see real practical application. But there was a, when our house had flooded a couple of years ago, I was evacuated with my boys and I was taking time to process with the Lord. And so I was praying and I was like, God, um, my husband had just gone off the phone with me and was kind of overwhelmed with all the need that we were going to have because we had eight feet of water in the house. So we lost everything. And, um, and so before I started to get overwhelmed, I was like, let me get off the phone. I need to pray. I'm going to get a word from the Lord and we're going to be okay. So we got off the phone and I said, Lord, I need a word from you. I need something to anchor myself to for our situation. And sure enough, while I was praying, a friend sent me a scripture on Facebook messenger. It popped up on my phone and she goes, Hey, Jenny. In fact, she was someone I didn't know very well at the time. She said, hey, Jen, this was in my heart for you, and I found this scripture, and I went and looked it up, and y'all, it was like exactly what I needed for that situation, and that became the word of the Lord for me for that journey of having lost our house. It was perfect, and that was God's voice coming to me through the word, and I was so grateful for it. So 
The first avenue that you want to go to to hear God's voice is scripture. Second one, second avenue is Holy Spirit's voice speaking to you. Now, this is where different denominations get a little bit um, disagreeable about. And so just, just run with me here. We know that we have God the Father, we have Jesus the Son, and we have the Holy Spirit. And when Jesus went back to the Father, he said, I'm leaving you, the Holy Spirit, who is to be your helper, and he is to guide you, and he is your comforter, and he is going to teach you all things. So we know the Holy Spirit. In fact, the word also says that when we get saved, we receive the Holy Spirit as a deposit for our salvation and until we go to heaven to meet with the Father. So the Holy Spirit is who comes to live inside of you when you give your heart to Jesus. And the Holy Spirit is the one who speaks to you, guides you, directs you. There, When I had first moved down to this area, and now listening, listening to the Holy Spirit's voice is not always, this is usually where the learning really comes in, is learning how to recognize Holy Spirit's voice. Um, when I had first moved here, I wanted to spend my lunch breaks uh, from work just spending time with the Lord because I had to get up early for work. So mornings were not so good for me. And so I wanted to spend lunches with the father. So it was a lunch break. And I said, Lord, I really want to be near water, but I don't know this area. I don't know if there's water close by. Can you just lead me somewhere? That'll be kind of refreshing. So I get in my car and I get to the stop sign and I just get quiet and I listen in my heart and I felt the Lord prompted me to go left. So I go left get to the next one, felt the Lord prompt me to go right. I went right, went left, went right, went left, went right. And finally, I find myself back driving through a neighborhood. And I was like, crap, I feel like I'm like trespassing. But I kept driving. And sure enough, I came upon this little public park that is a waterfront park. The river was running right next to it. And so sure enough, the Holy Spirit himself led me right to this waterfront park. And I was like, oh, sweet Jesus, I just love you. And uh, it became my special place with the Lord. And so that is an example of Holy Spirit speaking to me. Now, was it majorly um, consequential? No, it was just him loving on me and letting me love on him. And, you know, it just became a special little thing. And so Galatians 5.25 says that if we, are, if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Part of being sensitive to the Holy Spirit's voice is going to be that we need to live in such a way that we're living by the Holy Spirit, meaning we're walking out the fruits of the Spirit, not the, the things of the flesh. The fruits of the Holy Spirit is this, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And it says that the the fruit of the of the sinful nature, um, when we follow the flesh, is sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfishness, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other things like these. Okay, so when if we're living that kind of a lifestyle, you're actually it's it's going to be a struggle to hear the Holy Spirit's voice because there's so much junk going in and so much crazy happening. The Holy Spirit wants to speak to us and lead us, but he also expects us to honor and reverence his presence on our lives and his voice in our life. And so when we're pursuing selfish, sinful things, um, it's not that he won't speak to us, but there's a way that you can nurture the Holy Spirit's voice in your life. And part of doing that is by honoring his voice and doing the kinds of things that honor him. If Let's say you're running around on your wife. Okay, 
um, your wife is not going to want to continue to open up and talk to you and be vulnerable with you if you're going and, and cheating on her constantly and, and dishonoring her, speaking poorly about her, she's going to pull away from that because you're grieving her, okay? But if you take the time to honor your wife and love on her and show her she's special and, and really revel in her presence, you're going to draw her close and you're going to draw her heart to you. Well, the Holy Spirit's not so different. He's a relational guy and he is tender And it's easy to grieve the Holy Spirit by walking out sinful living. And so one way to honor and to cultivate more of the Holy Spirit's voice in your life is to honor His presence in your life and to be sensitive to His leading and to obey Him and live in the way that would please Him. Sounds spiritual, but it's very practical. We all pretty kind of pretty much operate like that. In Mark 13, 11, it also says, When you're arrested and stand trial, don't worry in advance about what to say. Just say what God tells you at the time, for it's not you who will be speaking, but the Holy Spirit. And so we see even in that scripture, the Holy Spirit does promise to speak to us, to speak through us. And so you can pursue that and ask the Lord, God, make me sensitive to the Holy Spirit's voice. Help me to learn to recognize Holy Spirit when he is speaking to me. John 16, 13 also says, But when the Spirit of truth comes, he'll guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. So there again, we have another promise that Holy Spirit will speak to us. I have always believed since I was a child, and I think this is just how the Lord has wired me, but I've always believed God knows all things. He knows my life. He knows what's coming. He knows what is. He sees the things I don't see. Why not ask him when it comes to decisions and direction in my life or people to associate with? with? Like, why not ask him? God knows best and he'll tell you. So again, pursue the Holy Spirit's voice because the places where you may not have a scripture that says, thus saith the Lord, don't go here. That's where you have the companion of the Holy Spirit to guide you and lead you into all truth and into wisdom. Okay, so the first place we're going to hear God's voice is in scripture. The second place is Holy Spirit speaking directly to us. Third is in the function of the prophetic. Now let me explain this for some of you that might be a little new term. Some of you might be a term that you're not fond of if you've heard of it in a negative way, but let me just define the prophetic for you. Prophetic is just a fancy word for hearing God's voice. That's all that it is. All denominations that I've ever associated with, um, Baptist, Methodist, Lutheran, Charismatic, Catholic, everyone believes that God will speak. Everyone believes he may speak through the word or various ways, but everyone does believe that we need God's guidance in our lives, okay? So we can all agree on that. Well, here's the good news. Prophetic is just a fancy term for what we all agree on, which is God is going to speak to us. And so when God speaks specifically into your situation in a fresh way, That is the prophetic. There's three different kinds of prophetic. I'll keep this very simple. But there's words of knowledge, which is where you might get insight about something you wouldn't otherwise know. Um, Word of wisdom, which is where the Lord might give you insight that gives wisdom for a situation. And personal prophecy, which is where God speaks directly into someone's heart with maybe direction or correction or insight or love or affirmation or encouragement for their specific life and situation, okay? 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 through 21 says, do not despise prophetic utterances. 
say what? For, for those denominations that feel like the prophetic is wrong or is out of alignment, the word says here, do not despise it, but examine everything carefully and hold fast to that which is good. I think the reason it tells us to examine things carefully is because the Lord knows we're all learning to hear his voice and we can make mistakes. In the Old Testament, a prophet was characterized and proven by how accurate his words were. But they didn't have Holy Spirit back then. Not everyone had Holy Spirit's voice operating inside of them. We do now. And so in the New Covenant, in the New Testament, it works a little differently. And it says, there's a scripture that says that uh, you will know a prophet by his fruit. And that fruit is the same word that references the fruit of the Spirit. You will know it's the spirit of the man that determines that prophetic gift. And if the spirit of the man is corrupt, that prophetic gift is corrupt. It, because it's not, a, it's not a pure stream that is tapping into what God is saying. So we want to look for the fruit of the spirit in a prophetic person, but while we want their prophetic words to be accurate, there is a learning curve. Hello, we're all learning. And so it's not the end of the world. If you feel like God said something and you missed it or you were wrong, that's not the end of the world does not make you a false prophet. In the Old Testament, it would have, and they would have stoned you. Thank goodness for the cross. <laughs> Can we just say thank you, Jesus? <laughs> so um, so let, and let me give you an example of this. I had um, a minister prophesy over me years back. And he, you know, prophesied a number of things in the beginning of the word that were very accurate. He didn't know me, so he didn't know these are things I've heard my whole life, you know. So he's like, you have a prophetic calling and a prophetic ministry and blah, 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 and all these things that I've heard. Every prophet that's ever laid hands on me has pretty much said the same things. So he was right there. But then the tail end of his word, I think that he kind of, he got a little bit maybe into his soul and kind of seeing with his natural eyes instead of his spirit and started prophesying about, I was going to have more kids and this and that. And he didn't know that my husband and I were done having kids and we didn't feel that the Lord was going to give us any more or, well, we didn't feel the need to have more. And, um, and so that word sat on me for a while and, uh, kind of made me uncomfortable for a while. And the Lord finally told me, you know what, Jen, if this isn't producing life in you, you don't have to hold on to this word. And the, I, the Lord, the Lord was, he's not threatened by if we, if we're unsure that a word is true or good. I mean, the word says, test all prophetic utterances and hold fast to that which is good. So the fact that you have to test it and hold fast specifically to that which is good means that the reason you're testing it is because some prophetic utterances won't be good and won't be true. And that's okay. Like if that's the case, do not wear a burden that you don't have to wear. God is bigger than that. Holy Spirit is inside of you. God can speak to you. And if you receive a prophetic word from someone or you get direction and you're just not sure, it's okay to set it aside and say, God, I really want to hear from you. I'm determined to hear your voice, but I'm unsure. And I would rather ask you to speak to me again then bank on something that might not be from you. And it's okay to do that. And that's, again, part of the learning. And that's why we, we grow in this thing. So I hope that makes sense. Um, but I had to examine that word carefully. In fact, my pastor's wife challenged me. And she's like, you need to make a choice if this is actually where you want to go. This is your choice. And I realized God speaks through leadership too. And so I just chose to defer to what she was saying. And I had a lot of peace resting into the leadership and the guidance of my spiritual leadership. I don't want to get too heavy into prophetic because that could be like four podcasts on its own. But last thought on that is Ephesians 4.30 talks about 
the prophetic and that it is meant to build up, to edify, and to encourage the body. We, you will hear God's voice through prophetic utterances at times in your life, especially if you're in charismatic circles, okay? Prophetic utterances, again, being God divinely speaking to you or through someone else to you, okay? Ephesians 4.30 tells us those are meant to encourage, edify, and build up. The people who walk around and are like, I am a prophet of God and all of you are being judged and going to hell. I do not consider them prophets of God because in the New Testament, it is the Holy Spirit's responsibility to bring conviction. Now, that is not to say that God won't use an external source or an external voice to bring correction if we're not listening to the Holy Spirit, if we're not responding to his conviction. He totally can. But in general, God is not sending out prophets to judge the nations like he did in the Old Testament. That is why we have Holy Spirit now. Holy Spirit has a very big job to do. And we're to work in cooperation with Holy Spirit. We don't replace him. So I hope that makes sense. I hope that wasn't confusing. I don't want to get too deep into it. But the bottom line is prophetic utterances are absolutely a way that we can hear God's voice. You just need to test it and hold on to what is good. If it doesn't encourage you, doesn't build you up, if it causes fear, if it causes anxiety, it's not of the Lord. And just set it aside or run it by your leaders or get some get some godly input on it if you're ever unsure. There's never anything wrong in this learning journey with taking it and offering it back to the Lord and saying, God, I want to understand what you're saying, but I also don't want to miss it here. So can you please be more clear? And God is so good. I, I remember one time I had a dream and I knew God was speaking, but I could not understand the dream. And so I said, Lord, I know you're speaking. I am listening. Can you speak again and make it more clear? Second night, I had another dream, very similar, but a little more detailed. And I was like, awesome, but I still did not fully understand. So I said, Lord, can we do this again? Can you please give me a little more insight so that it is not veiled at all? And the third night, he gave me yet a similar dream, a little more detailed, and I finally understood. And so Holy Spirit works with us. He's so gracious and patient. He wants us to learn. He's not out there like a taskmaster waiting for you to fail. So don't view him like that, please. Um, He is good and kind. So first way you're going to hear God is through scripture, right? Second is Holy Spirit's voice in your own personal life. Third is through prophecy and prophetic utterances, um, which is usually through other people or outside, you know, circumstances that speak to your heart or outside prophetic words. Number four would be dreams, which I just spoke about. Um, Dreams is a way that God speaks. And I personally love this. I work in dream interpretation and oh my gosh, I love how personal God is in our dream life. Oh my gosh. It's the most unguarded. It's like people will bring me dreams and they'll be like, this makes no sense. I think it was the pizza I ate last night and I will look at this dream and I will see all these tender workings of God in this dream. And I'll be able to say, no, this is God. Not every dream is God, of course, but in the ones that are him, this is the Lord. And this is what I see him saying. And he's speaking to, have you had a fear of this in your heart? Have you been wrestling through this? And God is saying, this is how he wants to deal with it. And this is how he's going to handle it. And this is how you need to respond to him. And people will look at me with big buggy eyes and they'll be like, how the heck did you get all that from that dream? And I'll just be like, you know, it's just the beauty of how God hides his personal touch even in the mystery of our dream life. I love it. Acts 2.17 says, In the last days, God says, 
I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Old men will dream dreams. Young men will have visions. For those of you who've wondered why it distinguishes old men having dreams and young men having visions, because dreams are veiled with symbolism. Visions are very literal. It takes more of a seasonness and experience to understand a dream that's veiled in symbolism, experience that only comes from being older and walking with the Lord longer. Young men will have visions because young men with less experience will have to tackle visions that um, ha- are less veiled. So that's why it distinguishes that. But that's not to say that young people won't have dreams. That I mean, all of us have dreams and visions. So Anyways, but the word tells us God's pouring out his spirit and one way he's going to do it is in dreams. So that is another way that God will speak. Now, I will say this. It is never a good idea to make life-altering decisions based on a dream. Do not do that. Dreams, just like any other area in our life, when God is speaking, dreams are meant to come alongside of what Holy Spirit is already speaking to you. Dreams can unveil things. Dreams can reveal your heart. Dreams can encourage you. Oftentimes dreams, what I find, dreams will expose where the enemy is working so a believer can get freedom. But dreams, by and large, are not intended to, like, do not pick up your family and move to Africa just because you had a dream about it. It might have been a symbolic dream, so don't do that. Hold dreams loosely, all things with the prophetic and learning God's voice, We carry it with a spirit of honor, but we carry it with caution because we realize we can be erroneous and we can misunderstand or we can mistake what we understand from that word. So I always say I hold dreams and and even prophetic things with a loose hand. It's not that I'm not honoring the spirit of God or what he's saying, but it is that I will I'm aware of humanity being factored into the equation and we can miss it. So when it's clear that it's God's voice, usually it, it accompanies other confirming signs and voices that are all pointing in the same direction. So I say that um, dreams, I will also say that dreams can also, oh gosh, dreams could be a whole nother podcast. Um, it's important to weigh even dreams against those markers that we said in the beginning about it'll produce the fruits of the Spirit, it points to Jesus, it will not be divisive, and uh, whatever the other thing was. Um, Points people to fruit of the Spirit, supports the counsel of God's Word. Even in dreams, if God is speaking in a dream, it will do all of those things. One type of dream that can mess people up is what we call false dreams, and that is where maybe you have a dream that, that someone... Uh, this one woman, for example, had a dream where she experienced Jesus and he was walking and he was in a hurry and she reached out for him and said, Jesus, wait. And he turns around and he slaps her hands away and says, not now, Nancy. And she was like, what? And he was like, you're so self-centered and you're always serving yourself. I can't even trust your ministry. Now I got to go clean up the mess you just made. And she was like, (gasps) heartbroken because in real life, Nancy just wants to please the Lord. She wakes up from this dream and she is beside herself like, oh my gosh. So she takes it to leadership that does not understand the way dreams work. They were her trusted leadership, but unfortunately they did not understand dream interpretation and they did not recognize that this was a false dream. And so they, in their best efforts, were like, well, maybe God's trying to show you that your heart is not right. And, you know, they weren't real sure, but she was like, oh my gosh. So she, it put so much fear in her. She put down her ministry and stopped 
serving in ministry. She was called to ministry. She stopped doing the ministry for 15 years. Well, finally, John Paul Jackson, a dream um, interpreting coach, he came along and she shared this dream with him. And he told her, he said, listen, Nancy, this was a false dream. This was a dream where the enemy was trying to misrepresent Christ to you, to put fear in your heart and to bind you up. And he said, this is not the truth. And you need to step away from the lie and guilt and shame that this has brought to your life. And she wept. She wept. So I share that story to share this. Dreams have various sources. And as you're learning to hear God's voice, it's so important we weigh things against the nature and the way of God. God is not impatient. God would not slap your hand away and gripe at you and tell you, not now. Like, that's not God's nature. He is loving and patient and kind. And so that is an example of a false dream. And so this is why in learning to hear God's voice, we must be rooted in the word because you must know the nature of God to be able to grow in your discernment of when it is God and when it is another voice. Because learning to hear God's voice is not just about learning to recognize his voice, but also learning to discern his voice versus the enemy's voice, your own voice, or the voice of the world. So I hope that doesn't make you nervous. I don't mean to make you nervous, but rather just to bring a sense of balance. We can go into this willing and ready. We're going to make mistakes in our school of ministry. As people step out and grow in the prophetic, we tell them they can't graduate until they have failed three times and missed it. Most times they struggle to miss it at least three times. The issue is we want them to take the risk. And so learning to grow in God's voice, you're going to make it and you're going to succeed in hearing God's voice way more than you're going to miss it. But don't let fear hold you back, but also realize mistakes are okay. Mistakes are normal. Mistakes come. We just don't want to operate in a regular, consistent place of missing it because something's off if that's the case. Okay, on to number five. First way you're going to hear God's voice, the most important, is through Scripture. Second, Holy Spirit's voice speaking to you. Third, through the prophetic utterances. Um, Fourth is through dreams. God speaks in the nightlife. Fifth is through unusual circumstances. One example of this might be, now, I again come in with caution, folks, because unusual circumstances does not mean that if one bird flies into your window, suddenly that means that God is saying this, that, and the other about you and your whole life should be uprooted. Like walk in balance, people. We need to walk in some balance. But if God is speaking through unusual circumstances, like right now, I'm in a season, this is very strange. It has never happened to me before where I'm seeing the number 11 at the end of the time. Um, multiple times a day. I've already seen it about four times today where it'll be 9-11, whatever. And it's been a lot of 11s. So that is not a normal way for God to speak to me, but it's kind of fun. It feels like I'm on a little bit of a treasure hunt. And so I look up what 11 means. And when you see numbers like that on the clock frequently, it usually means there's alignment coming and God is setting things in order and preparing you for some new things. So I'm excited. I'm excited for what's ahead. Um, I don't fully understand what it's about, and that's okay. I just know God's speaking to me, and it makes me excited. Um, Another example of unusual circumstances is when I was in high school, and I was fundraising to go on a missions trip to New Zealand, and I came face-to-face with the struggle of fundraising, and my mom was like, I don't know if this is going to work, and she was upset, and I was upset. So I get in the car, and I'm driving to work, and I said, God, I just need you to speak to me about if I need to continue to believe in fundraising for this trip. And I finished praying, and this commercial comes on the radio, 
and it said, coming to you live from Auckland, New Zealand, which was the city I was designated to go to. And then it was just some commercial, but they were talking from Auckland, New Zealand. And I was like, what are the odds that right as I'm praying about this, a commercial comes on? I've never heard a commercial about Auckland, New Zealand ever in my life. (laughs) And then it comes on right then. So I took that as a confirming circumstance that God was saying, yes, continue to believe for this. Okay, so those are some examples. Um, Another great I mean, another great example from scripture is Moses in the burning bush. Like that's kind of a really unusual circumstance. The bush is burning, but it's not being consumed. Kind of a big deal. That is God was in the bush and he was talking to Moses. Jonah and the whale, the whale swallows him up, holds onto him for three days, spits him out. Kind of an unusual circumstance. And God spoke to both Jonah and Moses in the middle of those circumstances. Okay. Um, so just walk, walk this with balance. The word also says that we live not by sight, but by faith. So we're not meant to take cues from our external circumstances, but sometimes God, because he's big and he's fun and there's lots of ways to talk to us, sometimes he will use our circumstances to speak to us. So again, it requires some maturity to be able to discern and recognize the difference, not to take your cues because Holy Spirit will speak to you. You don't need circumstances to speak to you. It's just kind of cool when they do. Another example scripturally I think of is um, Gideon. When Gideon was called to lead God's army and he was totally terrified. And so he put out what we call the fleece and he put out a fleece and was like, God, if this is you, I want the water on the fleece, but not on the ground. And then it happened. And so he's like, okay, next night he's like, I want it on the ground and not on the fleece. And so God did it again. And then he was like, I need another one. And so God brought him and he heard a dream from the enemy's camp and the dream interpreted was like, Hey, the Israelites are going to kill us. And he was like, awesome. And so Gideon circumstances, God allowed circumstances to speak to Gideon, but it's because he was struggling with his faith. And so all that to say, God is big, God is creative. He'll work through anything. Um, But again, your foundational place of hearing God's voice is the word of God and the Holy Spirit inside of you. This is foundational. This other stuff is extra. Okay. Um, The sixth place, the first one, scripture, God speaks to us through scripture. Second, he speaks through the Holy Spirit. Third, he speaks through prophetic utterances. Um, fourth, he speaks through dreams. Fifth, unusual circumstances. Sixth, God will speak through peace. Peace. Have you ever been in a situation where you didn't know what to do? You were concerned. You were like, ah, I just don't. And you go and you, you pray about it. And then this peace comes. And with that peace comes some clarity, comes some direction. And then you feel like, okay, I can do this. That peace coming is God working. That's God speaking. That's God giving direction. When I was engaged and dating my husband, there were some things that I was majorly troubled over. And I would go to the Lord and he would meet me in the middle of my trouble and he would bring peace. And that's how I knew God was speaking to me. And so 1 Corinthians uh, 14.33 says that God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, In prayer, seek the Lord and his peace will guard your heart. Okay? His peace is meant to rule in our hearts. All right? And the last, um, one, of the, one of the last, and I'm, I'm not saying this is every possible way that God will speak, but these are some of the most common ones. So the seventh one um, is through godly counsel or through your leadership. Proverbs 12, 15 says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man is one who listens to counsel. 
Proverbs eleven fourteen. When there is no guidance, the people fail, but in abundance of counselors, there is victory. Okay, listen, you need to listen to your leaders. God speaks through your leaders. He will use wise friends whose lives bear good fruit. He will speak through people, but especially through leaders, especially when it's something you don't want to hear. Listen, kids, your parents, God speaks through your parents' voices. And when you have a leader correcting you or confronting anything, you need to pay attention because many times that is God speaking to you through your leadership. So those seven, seven different ways. First one being the word of God. He speaks through his word. Holy Spirit's voice is the second. The third is prophetic through words of knowledge and, and just random cool uh, prophetic utterances, prophetic moments. Um, the fourth is dreams, which dreams actually falls under prophetic as well. Um, unusual circumstances is the fifth. God speaking through your through peace is the sixth. And the seventh is through godly counsel. Listen, each of these areas I could do a whole podcast on because they're all so essential. But that's the summary of these are some very common ways you'll hear God's voice. So I don't want you to get in a box and think you only hear God's voice in one way. Listen, there's been times in my life where I I functioned like as if the truest form of God speaking to me was him speaking when I'm alone in prayer and I hear his voice in my heart. But I totally missed out on how much God could speak to me through my leaders or how much God could speak to me, especially that one, through my leaders. So don't discount these various ways that God's voice will show up in your life. Okay, so now that we've established those, real quickly... I want to give you some practical ways that you can practice hearing God's voice. Is it too much yet? Are you ready? I know. Take a deep breath. I just unloaded a lot on you. I'm going to try to do this in like five minutes. Okay, practical ways. You want to learn to hear God's voice. Here are some tangible ways to do that. One, when you're in prayer, um, let me give you an example of how God trained me. I used to not like praying when I was in college and I was like, Lord, you know, it's kind of an important part of my life that should be, you know, and so I need you to teach me how to enjoy praying. And, you know, when I thought of prayer and intercession, it just sounded painful, you know, and I was like, who wants to do that? So I was like, God, teach me to pray. And so he said, okay. He said, I want you to spend 20 minutes a night just praying. And he said, it doesn't sound like much, but it's going to change your life. And I said, okie dokie. So I diligently spent 20 days every, or 20 days, 20 minutes every night, and after the first two or three nights, I'd, I had completely prayed for all the things I needed to pray for. So at that point, I was like, well, what do I pray now? So then I kind of graduated to the point where I was like, okay, Lord, I'm here. I have 20 minutes. I have nothing on my heart. What's on your heart? And so I would get quiet and I'd listen. And then suddenly someone would come to mind real faint, real light, could have easily missed it. And, you know, someone would come to mind and I'd be like, hmm, okay. So then I didn't know that person very well. So I'd be like, okay, Lord, well, what about them should I be praying? And then I'd get an impression of maybe like financial struggle or maybe stress or maybe relational concerns or whatever. So I'd just start praying and be like, Lord, then I just ask you to release finances to that person and give them the breakthrough they're looking for. And I just, I would just pray real simple like that. Well, then I'd see that person the next day. So then I'd be like, hey, I was praying for you last night. And I was praying for financial breakthrough. Is that a thing? And they'd be like, oh my gosh, how did you know? That is exactly what I've been praying for. So what that did, it was a completely safe environment for me to develop my hearing and my listening to the Lord. 
And then it was able to be confirmed when I would go and share that because even if I was wrong, even if they weren't needing financial breakthrough, they're still blessed by the fact that I was praying for that for them. So it's a win-win. So, but honestly, 98% of the time, it was actually prophetic insight. The Lord was showing me things I would not have otherwise known. And so I was able to pray strategically into their lives and it developed in me a, a familiarity with how to lean into God's voice for people. So that is honestly the most effective way that I develop the prophetic or hearing God's voice in my own life. Another way you can do it is just test yourself discreetly. That what I, The example I just gave you is one way. Something you could do is um, you can, if you have a waitress that is coming around, don't look at her name tag and ask the Lord, God, what's her name? And see if a name comes to mind and then look at her name tag and see if you were right. And if you were wrong, no, I, I honestly, I'm really bad at hearing people's names. Like I think I've never successfully heard someone's name. Um, but it's still a discreet way you can test yourself with little tests. Or you could be like, God, how many siblings does she have? And if you feel a certain number or you feel some prompting, you can be like, hey, I'm so curious. Do you have any siblings? And then they answer it. And you can just, it's just a checks, checks and balances for you. You don't have to actually tell her what you're praying about. Um, but then if you're accurate, then you can also, you can lean into it and be like, okay, Lord, is there more? Is there any way you want me to encourage this person? So that's a discreet way you can test yourself. Um, another one, carry a notebook around and write down when you think that God is speaking to you. This is something they had us do at Bible school, and it, it just trained us to be more attentive and more aware how frequently God is speaking. And it was funny how many of the students, actually God would speak to them about their food choices or about when to wake up or just practical ways of wisdom. And consistently, though, people were hearing God's voice guiding them in, in the, the wisdom choices about their life. And so carry a notebook, write things down. It might surprise you. Look back over the day and see if you can see a pattern because God is going to always lead you towards life. And so even if you feel a lot of guidance around your food choices and your health choices, that could still very well be God because he's still leading you towards life. So carry a notebook, write down when you think he's speaking, and just the fact that you're paying attention will nurture that sensitivity. Another way is to get quiet and just ask the Lord to speak to you. That is not dead air. That is the sound of silence. <laughs> get quiet. Let God speak. He speaks softly. He speaks quietly and tenderly. And if you're like me and your mouth is always going, it's really hard sometimes to take the time to get quiet, but it is so good for your soul. Go sit in nature. I find that I hear the Lord more easily when I'm sitting in nature. Maybe that's just me, but I feel like it just kind of grounds me and calms me. And when my guards come down, I can hear the Lord more easily. So get quiet and ask the Lord to speak to you and then listen. Write down your dreams is another way. If you do not typically remember your dreams. Ask the Lord to give you dreams. Ask the Lord to help you remember them and write them down. Just by stewarding when God is speaking, he'll speak more. Think about it. If you have a best friend and they're never fully paying attention to you when you talk, you're not going to give them the most juicy details of your life. You're going to learn to only give them the superficial stuff. But if they give you their full attention, they take notes on what you're saying, they ponder into the dreams that you have and they ask follow-up questions and they ask you about it a few days later or they're praying about what you said, 
you're going to learn that they're honoring what you say, and so you're going to say more. God is the same way. If we honor when he's speaking to us, he will say more. Another is get in the word and read daily. I think we covered this already, but getting in the word trains your ear to the kinds of things, the sound of God's voice through his word. And so seasons when I've been digging into, God, I want to hear your voice more. Sure enough, he actually tends to draw me to the word and give me a real hunger for the word. And which at first was frustrating, like, God, I'm trying to hear your voice that, I mean, I don't understand. Why am I going back and back and back to the word? And it's because that's where his voice is. He will speak to you, but he wants always to lay a foundation of the word in your heart. Okay. Another way to hear God's voice is to really take time to listen to your spiritual leadership's counsel and act in response. A lot of people listen to leaders, but not a lot of people respond in obedience to their leaders. And that is a really great way to develop your hearing of God's voice. Because what you're doing, again, is you're honoring God's voice as it's coming through your leaders. And God sees that. And God honors the humility that's required to submit to leadership. And what does the word say? He draws near to the humble. He lifts up the humble. And so if you want more of God's voice, responding to his voice in your leaders is also super important. So let me recap because I want to make sure you guys understand everything we covered. Okay. The different avenues that you may hear God's voice coming through is one is scripture. I sure hope that you walk away with that one because I I hit that one hard. Scripture, the Holy Spirit's voice speaking in your heart because he is the counselor. Third is prophetic, which is words of knowledge, words of wisdom, personal prophecy, kind of like when I would pray for people and the Lord would show me things to pray. That's prophecy. Okay. Um, dreams. God will speak in the night through dreams. Not all dreams are from God, but the ones that are um, can be very profound and very touching and very freeing. Um, Fifth would be unusual circumstances, like the numbers I was seeing everywhere or the New Zealand commercial or um, another, uh, another story I didn't share. But And then the sixth one is God speaks through peace and then God speaks through counsel. Okay, so scripture, God's voice, uh, Holy Spirit's voice inside of you, prophetic utterances, dreams, unusual circumstances, speaking through peace, and through godly counsel. Those are avenues that you can look for to hear God's voice in. Practical ways to develop your hearing of God's voice is in prayer, just allowing the Lord to speak to you, being quiet, listening, and then and stepping out when you feel like he's shown you something to test if that was true or not. Test yourself discreetly. Ask your waitress questions. Don't tell her why you're asking. Just ask and test yourself on the inside. Carry a notebook. Write things down. Write down your dreams. Honoring God's voice when he speaks will cause him to speak more frequently and more loudly, and you'll grow in your discernment. Get quiet and listen to him. Get in the word of God and respond in obedience to your leaders. Okay, so I hope, I mean, this is a lot of substance here, guys. Listen to this episode multiple times if you want. But I'm actually going to pray for you guys because this is an area where I'm very passionate and I believe that God wants to speak to you. So I'm going to pray for you guys and hang tight because we're going to go into life hacks and I have a really cool beauty life hack. So don't, don't phase out on me yet. But Father, I just pray for every person whose ears are hearing this podcast right now. 
Holy Spirit, release to them a divine hunger and longing to hear your voice. Father, I just release to them an activation to be more sensitive to your voice. God, any sin or any... um undealt with issues, any unforgiveness that has become a barrier to them hearing your voice, Holy Spirit, I ask that you'd reveal any barriers that are preventing them from hearing your voice. And Lord, I ask you'd bring alignment into their life, that they would get in alignment with your spirit through the word, through obedience, through honoring their leaders. Father, they get in alignment that as they honor your voice in their life and pay attention, Lord, that they would grow in their discernment. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would keep them from confusion that the enemy might try to bring. But Lord, give them the freedom to learn. Give them an environment where they can grow and learn in hearing your voice that is safe to make mistakes. And thank you, Lord, for bringing the encouragement to them that they need when they need it to assure them they are hearing from you. God, thank you so much that you love to speak to your children. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, stay tuned for Life Hacks with Jen, guys. Thanks for listening. Okay, real quick, I just want to share with you about this beauty hack. Have any of you gotten to the point in your life, maybe in your 30s, 35 it seems is when it hit for me that I started noticing crow's feet and wrinkles in my forehead and the 11 lines right there from scowling and like, I don't know, things got kind of saggy and heavy and stuff. Okay, if that is you, I have just discovered this wonderful thing. It is called a microdermabrasion roller. I bought it at Walmart for like $10 or $12 and basically what it is, it's this little tiny roller and it has on the on the on the roller head it's a bunch of little like pin tips like needles and you roll it gently on your face and what it does is it causes micro cuts on your skin no, no bleeding nothing tragic um, but it makes these little tiny punctures in your skin and what the body does is it signals oh there's pain oh I need to heal the body So it sends collagen, it sends blood, and it sends all the things it needs to refill and reboost your skin in that place. You only need to use the roller like for a minute. You don't need to do it long, and I wouldn't do it every day. Just, I mean, your body needs to heal in between. Um, But I've only done it maybe a handful of times, and y'all, I swear, I've I've already lost five years on my face. It's incredible. So what I do is I'll I'll wash my face really good, and you have to clean the roller. If you don't clean it, you can get bacterial infection. So you've got to clean it well with alcohol or with the the Alka-Seltzer tablets for dentures and stuff. You can do that. But you roll on your face, on a clean face, and then I follow it with um, some healing serums. I actually use a Mederma oil, which Mederma is a cream or an ointment that a lot of people use for scars and stretch marks and stuff. But when it's on the first aid aisle, and when I went to find it, I noticed they had this little fast dry oil is what they call it. Basically, it's a lightweight oil. And so I use that on my face every every night and every morning. And so it is naturally healing my skin. And so after I use the little microderma roller, then I'll follow up with a serum that is like a healing serum. It puts a lot of good things back in your skin. And then I'll follow that with the oil for moisturizing. You guys, I've only done it a handful of times. And my skin already looks way more incredible. So you are welcome. Um, If you want, what I'll do is I'll put some links on my blog so you can find the uh, products that I'm talking about. 
but go find them. If you've been looking for something to help your skin, girls, I'm helping you out. Guys, too, this will help you out. Get rid of those crow's feet and tighten up that skin real nice. So that's it for my life hacks. It's super fast, but it's worth its weight in gold. So you guys, thanks for tuning in this week. I hope you enjoyed today's message. I hope it was not too much at one time, but please share it. If you know of anyone who you think would benefit from this, guys, we want people to learn to hear God's voice. Oh my gosh, this is so essential. It has saved my life and my decision-making so many times. So let's get the word out. Please share it on social media. If you want, come follow me on Instagram at Java with Jen. And, um, Seriously, come find me on Instagram so you can follow and then you can share more easily and see when I have podcast posts and posted and stuff. Don't miss a single episode. So share this on social media. Would you rate it also on iTunes or wherever you listen? By rating and reviewing, it comes up higher in search engines so more people can find this podcast. So you guys have been awesome. I so much appreciate the feedback I get from you guys. And I look forward to connecting with you guys each week through this platform. Again, thanks for your patience as it took me a while to get to part two, but I hope it was worth the wait. I look forward to seeing you guys soon. Talk to you later. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's show. For those of you who've rated or shared this podcast on social media, thank you. It really means a lot to me. And don't forget, you can always email me with questions or comments at javawithjenpodcast at gmail.com. And for links or show notes, just go visit my blog at jennaleesamuel.wordpress.com. Until next time, you've got this and God's got you.